0: So this this goes back uh, to how we learn and retain information. So when we learn something new, we operate in the prefrontal cortex part of our brain. This is the high energy, short-term memory where we learn.
1: Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, Today I have the pleasure of Scott Smith on the show. Uh, Welcome to you, Scott. Hey, good morning, Julian. Thank you for uh, letting me be here with you on the show and share with your audience. Well, well, thank you for coming on. And uh, you are a motivational listener. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Along with being a a fractional chief of staff for organizations and a multiple author, uh, including uh, business networking, a scientific method. And today we're going to be picking your brains, your experience into exploring business networking and mm-hmm. almost from a neuroscience point of view, because there's a lot of neuroscience about it. Because I know people perhaps struggle with uh, networking, and you're going to give us some real wisdom that can really help that. But before we get into that, I want to ask, um, what do you love about what you do?
0: <laughs> what do I love? Well, you know, we talked about the the brain science around this, and um, I just remember one time I was I was uh, asked to uh, help. Teach substitute teach in the high school Sunday school class at our church, and so I went in there a few Sundays before just to kind of learn, you know, where they were at and who the students were and so forth. And one of the questions asked, and this is a great question that that students ask, and it's, where do you see God? And a lot of people would say, oh, you know, in the in the power of the mountains or the ocean or the laugh of a baby or something like that uh, but for me there's a passage in the, the beginning of the book of john that says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and the greek for that word is logos which is what we put on the end of all of our all of our science studies so psychology right the ology on there right it, it, uh, biology And basically, the Greeks understood logos to mean an order to the universe. And so uh, that's what I told the students. I said, I see God where there's an order to the universe, where you see this beginning, the end, and then you find the path to get from here to there. And so um, when I work with people, when I work with businesses, it's that when we find an order (laughs) to the way things are done it's just this is it's that magical moment and that's what i love what i do is when i find the order to the universe
1: fantastic and i love that i love that insights behind the 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 ology at the end of these various as you say psychology biology they've all got the, the logos word at the end um when we come to to business networking and sometimes it feels to people that it's a and necessary evil and something they don't really enjoy, but they feel they've got to do it because that's what you do when you're in business. Mm. And so I just want to unpick that and just to help people to, you know, why, why is it that people feel like that? And then how can we help them become better at networking and almost, and then start to enjoy it because it's a thing to enjoy.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that, and again, going back into the research, they said that, uh, Research says that attractive people are more successful. I thought, well, that stinks. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but further research says that confident people are more attractive. So, going back to our uh, high school algebra, uh, the transitive property says that if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. So, confident people are more successful. So if you go into a business networking event and you have confidence, then you can be successful. But the problem with business networking was, you know, when I was at college, they said, Scott, you need to network to be successful. I'm like, okay, great. What do I do? Well, you know, network. It's like, yeah, but what do you do? Well, go to networking events. Okay. So you show up, but then what do you do? <laughs> and then there's like, well, learn to play golf because a lot of business transacts on the golf course. But there's nothing magical about golf or a golf course. It's just people with a common interest spending time together. So you want to have a plan and a structure. And if you have that, then that's going to give you the confidence as to why you're at business networking because we, hate networking events because we think it's going to be two hours of bad hors d'oeuvres and high pressure sales people.
1: And do you think that's, that's what puts people off or do you think some people really struggle with this? The point of going to meet completely new people.
0: Oh yeah. Because you don't, engage a, you don't have a plan. Yeah, right. I mean, if you go see your friends, you have common interests, you have things to share, mm. but if you go to a networking event, you, You don't know these people, so you don't know what you have in common with them. But that's where we talk about this uh, in the book. We talk about what are the things that you have in common. Well, first of all, you're at this, you're both at this business networking event. If I didn't know you, Julian, but we both go to some uh, chamber of commerce event, we at least have that in common. And so this is a place where we can start uh, a conversation.
1: So you talk about having a, a plan. Now this is now what's your, I suppose I'll start again on this question. When you yeah. go to networking, what do you have an outcome in mind at mm-hmm. all? Yeah. Or and, and, and is that, is that about getting clients lead? What, what's your outcome? What's your view on that? So the, so there's
0: a, there's a structure. And so uh, let's just take a look at LinkedIn. Cause that's a, that's, probably the most popular business networking platform or connecting platform. And it's a, it gives us a good model to work with. The average person on LinkedIn has 1,500 contacts, but you don't know 1500 people. I don't know 1500 people, but uh, using the, uh, the rule that we can manage about 150 relationships, what you do is, is you, Take that list of 1,500, and you can actually do this on LinkedIn. You can download a spreadsheet with every person that you're connected to. And if you go through that list and you just weed out the people that you don't know, the people that you would never do business with, um, then you're going to bring it down to every time we've done this, you come to about 100 to 120 people. And so that 1,500, that's your extended network. That's everybody that you know. That 100 to 120 is your active network. These are the people that you actually do business with. And you actually don't need a uh, uh, customer relationship management, a CRM program to manage them because you know these people. And they fall into one of five categories. They're either an advisor or a mentor, someone that you turn to for advice. Or a mentee, somebody that you're pouring into, which I highly recommend because uh, it's it's the right thing to do. And when you have to refine your information and share it with somebody, uh, the teacher learns more than the student. Mm-hmm. The uh, third group are your customers because they're a, a great source of referrals and repeat business. They have firsthand experience of working with you. Then you have your advocates. These are people who actually will promote you publicly, right? They're the people who say, oh, you want to get on a podcast? I know Julian, you know, your subject is perfect for his top, for what he uh, presents, right? So that's an advocate, somebody who promotes you publicly. Mm. But out of that 100 to 120 people, it's probably 60% of that group is what I call partners, and these are people who solve problems that you don't solve, but allow you to add value, right? So I'm not a web designer, but I know people who do web design. And you came to me and said, hey, Scott, I, I, I need to update my website. Uh, and I can say, oh, you need to talk to Drew or you need to talk to uh, Eric or something, right? And, and it's not something I do, but I'm being an advocate for them. And they're allowing me to add value because you go, wow, I go to Scott. He may not do it, but he knows the right people. Mm. Right. So if you walk into a networking event, just looking for customers, that's a very small percentage of that hundred to 120 people. Right. But if you go in looking for say uh, a mentor, right. I need somebody to help me understand this part of the business or whatever. Uh, Or you just say, for the most part, most of the people that I'm going to be connecting with just solve problems that I don't solve, but allow me to add value. Mm. So now that takes the pressure off, right? I'm not trying to sell you something, but I'm trying to make myself more valuable by improving my network.
1: Mm. No, and it's it's interesting because you know I go to networking events with, I don't attach an outcome as such of leads or getting business i I go with two intentions i I go more intentions and outcomes and my intention is to connect with people because i want to connect with people and i want to connect and see if i can help people that's how i go and along the way i might connect with somebody who then says oh what do you do and and i know i solve this problem about getting stuck or help people to do a build a strategic plan like oh can you help me and then things the conversation happens but I don't go with that intention. I literally go, I connect, build a rapport, and then mm-hmm. uh, go with that sense of trying to help. What else do you, in terms of that plan? I mean, bear in mind, you just can't. You know, you just done almost five different types of people that you could be meeting. Mm-hmm. What else is part of that plan? And how do you get over that sort of, I suppose, nerves, anxiety, mm-hmm. that perhaps you might be more introverted than extroverted. Right of things. How can we get over that? Yeah. So uh, when I'm talking in person. I'm talking in person stuff. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you go to
0: networking events. Uh, so I actually have a six step process uh, that you go through, but basically uh, you want to go with a purpose and, and it doesn't matter whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. Right. Uh, so what I'm talking about doesn't require you to be an extrovert and it's not limited by being an introvert. And in fact, if you read articles, so if you go and you search online for how to do networking, basically, and and this is not to be uh, to dump on authors, right? But a lot of times they get commissioned and they're paid by the word. And they say, give us a 1500 word article or 2500 word article on business networking. And one of them that I found one time, actually, the very opening line said, Extroverts are natural networkers, which is absolutely not true. Uh, extroverts get energy by being with people, by being, if you will, the center of attention. Whereas introverts get energy by being alone or being in a one-on-one situation, right? And the problem with uh, with being an extrovert at a networking event is it's just yak, 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 right? They talk, 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 talk. They don't get to know anybody because they're just making noise. And the problem with being an introvert at a next networking event is you don't say anything and you hang off in the corner and you don't meet people and they don't find out who you are, and you don't learn who they are. So the the thing to do is, is if you're an extrovert, great. You, you'll you jump right into people and you'll be able to um, uh, get the energy of just by being in that environment. Mm-hmm. If you're an introvert, uh, here's what you do, uh, have a conversation with one person and then go into the bathroom in a stall and be quiet for 10 minutes or something, and then come back. Right. I mean, literally just disengage from the, from the event for a moment. Uh, but the things are, first of all, uh, be rested, right? Get sleep. Don't show up tired, Because uh, sleep deprivation has the same effect as intoxication, so you wouldn't show up drunk to an event. So make sure
1: you're rested. Um, Just uh, just on the introvert extrovert, uh, yeah, it's an interesting point because I think there's a, as you said, that perception of you're extroverted, you'd be really good at networking, but it's it's not true at all because, as you say, if you're just talking about yourself, yeah, want to be center of attention, that's not good networking because you're not you're not listening to people, you're not engaging with people. Uh, and obviously, likewise, the flip side of introverts. Uh, is a good point to note, actually. Just thought, yeah, made that point. Actually.
0: Yeah. So what you want to do is is um, get rest, be rested, uh, eat before you go there, because you don't want to show up and then just be shoveling food into your face, right? Because you're just like, man, I'm starting. I haven't eaten all day. Do you know? Get some protein in your system. whatever. Just uh, be prepared. Now, when you go to the event remember, we're looking for ways to connect with people and people and communities ca- connect based on a uh, common interest or a shared hardship, right? So the first thing is, is that when you show up, you go, well, I have something in common with every person in this room. We're here at this event. So, but not everybody wants to connect, right? Now, some people are just they are there for the maybe they maybe there's a speaker they want to hear. Maybe they're there for the snacks, um, but not everyone wants to connect. So there's a, a process I call testing the waters, right? Just you want to see, is that person open to connecting? So what you want to do is have an open general question that that. Let's, that is not personal. It's not invasive, right? Don't just walk up to somebody and put out your hand and say, hi, I'm Scott. What's your name? What do you do? Right? Because maybe they don't want to do that. So talk about the room or the snacks, the odors the, uh, who the speaker is or, uh, the weather, something very common, right? Just to see if they're interested in a conversation, but this is where the brain science comes in what you want to do is is you want to grab the person's attention because our brains process huge amounts of information. And in Mm -hmm. fact, they process faster than we can can hear the words. So you and I will have a conversation, but my brain is processing so fast that I can think about other things. That is, we daydream between 30 and 50% of our waking hours. So in our 30-minute conversation, uh, you're daydreaming for 15 minutes of it. I'm daydreaming for 15 minutes of it. But somehow, we're still fully engaged with each other. That's because your brain processes fast, right? But you're thinking, all right, where are we at on the time? And you know, do when, when are we going to stop? And what's the questions I'm going to ask? And where am I going to go this evening? And what's coming up this weekend? And that's fine. We're still engaged with each other, right? Mm. But there's a part of our brain called the the orbital frontal cortex, and it sits right behind our eyeballs, and it's the error detection part of our brain, right? So, uh, and we can talk about how we store information, but uh, how we learn to store information, because this all comes into play. But what happens is, uh, let's say you're driving down the road, and you're thinking about where you were, where you're going, what's coming up. You're pretty much just on automatic mode, right? Autopilot, just driving along. Mm. You don't need to think about your driving, but a squirrel runs out in front of your car, right? Error detection, orbital frontal cortex kicks in and you can't think about all of these other things that have happened. But at that moment, you can only think, I don't want to squish the squirrel. I don't want to Uh, hit the cars parked on the side of the road. I don't want to swerve into the oncoming traffic, right? You're only focused on that moment, orbital frontal cortex. So when you meet somebody at an event, you don't want them daydreaming and thinking about where they parked the car, when they're going to leave or all those things. You You want them to focus on you. So you ask them a question that is unexpected. But if I say, Oh, hi. Oh, I see your name tag. Hi, Julian. Uh, how are you? That's expected. Uh, are you enjoying the event? That's expected. You're not, you can think about all these other things. Oh, I'm fine. Yes, I'm enjoying it. Great. Right. But, and, and this is a question that I asked you when we first got online here, I said, how's your world? Okay. It's, uh, unexpected. It causes you to interpret the question. It activates the orbital frontal cortex, which means you have to focus on, uh, what is my world? Is it this podcast? Uh, okay. Is it the neighborhood that I live in? Is it the, my place in the cosmos? You have to interpret that. So your brain focuses. But here's the beautiful thing about activating the orbital frontal cortex in another person at a networking event. Is that part of your brain is also responsible for facial and vocal recognition so when i ask you how's your world and you focus i'm imprinting my face and my voice kindly but on your
1: brain that's fascinating that really is fascinating and it's interesting that it almost you you're almost becoming the the squirrel in the journey aren't you of that autopilot exactly. and just asking i guess you don't want to be too random Obviously, your work your uh, how is your world is not a random thing it, it's a genuine you're basically asking, how are you today? Or how is your yeah, world?
0: It, it's exactly. slightly different
1: words. And it's, it's, it's using language, isn't it? Slightly differently to sort of, rather than saying, how are you? Or, what do you do? Which is the sort of normal pitter-patter. And yeah. almost that's all to part it for us when you're going in there. It's almost, we need to change our own narratives when we go into this networking. Don't we?
0: I offer this, I, I offer it free to everybody. Say, this, go ahead and use that line. Use that, how's your world? And in fact, uh, you can try it out this weekend. The next time you go to a store and you're checking out, the cashier is going to ask you, uh, did you find everything you're looking for? How was your day? And you're saying, yes, I did. It's fine, right? Then turn and ask them, how's your world? Mm. And they're going to have to do the same thing. Watch what happens. You can see their brain starting to work. How is my world? And- yeah, it's a question,
1: it's a question I, I've I used to, when people say, how are you? How are you? Most people just go, yeah, I'm fine, and mm-hmm. really they're not, and it's fine. You might want to share, but the question I a HR lady sort of used to ask is, "How are you today?" Mm-hmm. So she'd almost so it's a slight same word, same phrase, but with a, yeah. with a time point, and it makes you go, "Oh, today? Well, actually, I'm feeling not so great, or whatever it mm-hmm. may be." And it causes that. So it was doing the same thing here, isn't it? Yeah, activate the orbital frontal cortex, get them to focus. Okay. So you've got somebody's attention. You yeah. you've asked how is their world and suddenly the Right. The slightly thrown, not thrown, but the the systems kicked in and then the they're, they're sort of engaging you with you. What where do we go with that from there then? Just a short interruption to the episode to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in association with LodgeCorp, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences and leave? Are you struggling with attracting, retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at Lodge Court, and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So focus on what you do best and let Lodge Court deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored flexible monthly retain package that is right for you and your people. And they are offering an exclusive offer for the listeners of this podcast, where you'll get the first month's free in an annual retained contract to get this offer, quote, helping organizations thrive. Now back to the episode. So this, this goes
0: back uh, to how we learn and retain information. So when we learn something new, we operate in the prefrontal cortex part of our brain. This is the high-energy, short-term memory where we learn. And, so, and it burns up a lot of energy. And, in fact, your brain will use 30% of the energy that you create every day, just your brain. So uh, if you go to an all-day seminar, And you're constantly learning and giving you new information all day long. And you go back to your home or to the hotel room and you're physically beat. You're worn out and you're thinking, how can I be so tired? Because I've been sitting on my butt all day, right? But what happened is that you're learning this information. It's short-term memory. You're burning off a lot of glucose, the sugar in your blood, uh, to to, uh, capture that information but it's short-term memory. As you repeat and learn information, it becomes hardwired into your brain and it moves from the prefrontal cortex to the basal ganglia. This is the reason why you can drive without thinking, right? Uh, When you first started driving, you got into the car and you had to think, okay, where do I put the key? Do I turn it left or right to start? And then turn signals and mirrors, all this, right? Everything, you're thinking about all this stuff. Now you get out in the car, you hop, you drive, you go from where you were to where you want to be, and you think, man, there was a, there was a four-way stop back there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I stopped, but you don't remember, right? Because it's all hardwired into your brain. Mm. Well, let's say you go to a networking event, and I meet somebody who's a podcaster. So, how's your world? We start talking. I find out, oh, Julian, you have a podcast. Well, you weren't born knowing how to create a podcast how to operate StreamYard, how to run your camera, right? You learned that information. You took classes. uh, You did a lot of trial and error. You talked to people. You got a lot of help. And at some point, um, it becomes hardwired into your brain. So I say, well, uh, how do I use StreamYard? You don't need to Google it. You don't need to pull up reference books. You just go, oh, down here, you click here, and you do that, and you do this, and those things, right? You just breathe it out as if it was common knowledge, but what you know is not common. So if you go into the conversations understanding that, that's the first step to connecting with somebody. Mm. So I ask you, oh, what's going on in your world? Oh, you're a podcaster. Now I take you on a conversational journey, and this is the part of being a motivational listener, right? Uh, People say, Scott, isn't being a motivational listener, isn't that just active listening? Well, active listening is eye contact, body language, repeating what you say, you know, summarizing it, those little verbal cues. "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more, right? That's active listening, which actually is passive. I'm just letting you go where you want. In motivational listening, I'm taking you on a conversational journey. I find out you're a podcaster now I can go, how did you get involved in podcasting? Right. So you start telling me about this stuff and I go, all right. So what are your favorite tools? What have you seen that's changed recently? Right. There's a series of questions that help me understand your journey and you're remembering now, right. It's starting to bring back to the, your mind that at some point you didn't know what you did. If you're an accountant or you're a lawyer or you're a banker or you're a, uh, a mason or a carpenter or something, right? There was a point you didn't know what you know now. Mm. And so you start going, wow, right? Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot. I've... And then um, now we come to the point where I differentiate between result and motivation, right? So the result is that you're a podcaster. But what's your what's the motivation? And it might be that, you know, I get to meet these people and share these remarkable stories with people, my audience, right? Um, and a good example was I was on this business trip and I came back and my wife had built a fire pit in the backyard. So I come back, I said, like, oh, how was it? How, what would you do while I was gone? She said, well, I built a fire pit. That's a result, right? Mm. But the motivation was, our family sitting around the backyard, roasting marshmallows, singing songs, building memories, right? So we do the same thing when I say, um, Oh, you do this. And then say, You must really love being able to bring these stories to people to learn things about folks. Mm. And this is what happens. It's the, 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 um, be interesting by being interested. And just the week before last, we were at, a, at an event, and I was talking to this lady who is who runs uh, public relations for a nonprofit organization. And I was taking her on this conversational journey. Oh, you're involved in PR. How long have you been involved? How long have you done that? What were you doing before that? Mm-hmm. And, and then we start bringing all this stuff out. Literally. She she turns to her friend and says, "You have to talk to this
1: interesting person. I'm interesting."
0: She's asking,
1: asking questions, and she's feeling energized, isn't she? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's interesting. I I went to a, an event a few months ago, and I met this lady, and I ask her lots of questions when I go to networking because naturally mm-hmm. from my coaching background. So, and and I often ask people's why as well. Why, why did you do that? What, what, yeah. what's the purpose? so i really, I'm really genuinely interested. And I, I suppose it's lady and I just ask her and I, and I and one and one question I asked well, her, what was, what's the big dream as well, what's the vision, what's the, what's the big thing about all this? And she, we were just talking about 20 minutes and at the end, and then it all sort of closed up. So she said, oh, I'm, she said oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm not really asking anything about you. You were just, uh, and she's and then she said, oh, let's t- have a conversation on zoom. And then she was, then we c- caught up on zoom. And she was telling everybody how she had such a great conversation with me, really. And I didn't obviously say anything, I was asking questions. And she said, you, know, you got me to think I to it differently. And she just felt really energized purely because I was just, I was genuinely interested. It's not out of me. Mm-hmm. It. And it's that, isn't it? And that, and that created this engagement. And then certainly wanted to have a conversation with me and say, Well, tell me about you now, How you know, about me. And then and, and that's what started to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, and so in this
0: six six step process, right, we, we, we test the waters to see if the person is interested. We activate the orbital frontal cortex. We take them on a conversational journey and um, we're really just asking them questions. We're learning about them. We're, we're divining the difference between the result and the motivation. Why is it that they do what they do? That's where things get really interesting. Now, going back to our structure on the network, where does this person fall? Are they, first of all, they're in your extended network, but do they fall into your active network in one of those five roles? Maybe they're going to be the perfect customer. As you're talking to them, you're thinking, wow, I can really help this person. Mm -hmm. And this is where you get to the, at the end point, when you're finishing the conversation, because at a networking event, I recommend, I only take uh, five or fewer business cards with me to networking events. Because my goal isn't to hand out cards to everyone. My goal is is just to connect to a few people. So I'll only take, you know, uh, a handful of cards. So I'll grab five or so of my business cards, put them in my pocket. And if it looks like this is a good person to follow up with, then I'll I'll close with uh, asking permission to follow up. And in that follow-up meeting, that's where I get to share about myself, right? Mm. I've asked about them. I've learned about them. I've become interesting to them because I'm interested in their life and their world, what's going on. And then um, if it's somebody that I want to follow up with because it's going to fall into one of these categories in my active network, then we'll close and meet later. Yeah, might be a virtual meeting, might be in person. It all depends on, on what's appropriate. But this is where you this is where you then get to connect, and maybe they're an advocate. Maybe they're somebody who knows a lot of people that would be good customers for you, and that's fine. Maybe they're a customer. Uh, people are told don't go to networking events looking for customers, but I tell you, if you solve their problem and they can be a customer, then help them out. <laughs> I mean, we're in business.
1: To do business, right? Oh, totally, totally. I I think it happens definitely. I've have had that those conversations where it suddenly, very quickly, become they want you to help them, and that that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And this this all comes because we're gonna be we're not playing a a game here. This is all coming from a sense of authenticity and a genuineness of interested. You're not just saying I will be interested because that makes me connect with somebody. It's coming from a base of genuine and being authentic, isn't it? That's right.
0: Yeah. It's one of the great things. Uh, One of the best compliments that I got was uh, when I met somebody face-to-face in person that I had only interacted with online. And when they said, wow, you're the same person in person as you are online.
1: I said, wow, that's what a great compliment. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, So in terms of just any other tips when people are networking that would help not just connect and then build rapport, but to be noticed, or, or mm-hmm. just to eat nerves, or just to, to enjoy it as well. What other so one or two tips before you finish?
0: Yeah. So, so again, if you have a if you have a plan and a structure that you're working on, now you're going in with and you go in with confidence to that event, right? now you you're, people are attracted to confident people and the difference between confidence and arrogance right because both people uh, a confident person and an arrogant person are both are both competent to do whatever the task is but arrogant people take and confident people give mm-hmm. so if if you're when you're interacting with the people you want to be confident and think about you know what am I going to be able to give them? And one of the final points on uh, uh, on the the kind of the whole neuroscience of this is there's a there's a uh, a molecule called the trust molecule. It's oxytocin, and this is this is released in our brains that helps us connect. And it happens when we generally when we have physical contact. So when we shake hands. When we embrace, uh, oxytocin is released, and this is uh, again it's the trust molecule. It, It helps bind us together. It's one of the it's part of the the neurochemistry of connection. And you think, well, but I meet a lot of people online. They have virtual meetings. They do Zoom or Google Meets or whatever it is. Well, as it turns out, eye contact is another way to release oxytocin. So when you're meeting people online or in person, make eye contact with them. And the way you do it online is look into the camera, right? If my camera is off to the side and I'm looking at myself on the screen, I'm like, wow, oh, Julian, it's really nice uh, to meet you and see you today. You just is like, that's as if we're sitting in the coffee shop and I'm looking over your shoulder at something that's going on over there. It's like, are they, it's not really paying attention to me. But if I look at the camera, I'm making eye contact. So uh, position your camera so that you're making eye contact with people. You can still glance and see because you want to get that body language. I want to understand what's going on.
1: And so those are the things that I recommend. Fantastic. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. And I think it's great to understand the neuroscience behind networking. And I think it really helps people, the fact that um, we can – play a role in this and have more, not only effective uh, networking sessions with people, but start to perhaps enjoy and perhaps reap the benefits of engaging with people. And and the the day, you know, we're social creatures. It's important to socialize, important to be with other people. Mm -hmm. And we also need a community around us. And as you said, it's not just about gaining clients, it's gaining advocates, it's gaining mentees, mentors, other way, uh, and those people who support you as well Mm -hmm. on your journey. And I think that's, you know, I've built an awful lot of friendships through my networks um you know whether it's online or in person That's and, right. and they've been invaluable uh just you know just purely just to bounce ideas off or just to be there to have a beer have a coffee with uh, as well so yeah. really important i really appreciate your time scott so if people are interested in yeah. you and want to connect with you what's the best way of doing that mm-hmm. you got
0: yeah julian i'll just say thank you for letting me hang out with you today it's just been a blast. And thank you for letting me talk about my stuff. I just, um, I'm honored and, and humbled by that. So thank you. Uh, an easy way to find me is, uh, on my website at dscottsmith.com and all the contact information is there. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the primary social platform that I'm on. So, uh, dscottsmith.com slash in slash dscottsmith. Yeah. LinkedIn.com slash in slash dscottsmith. There we go. Yeah. LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, but dscottsmith.com, the website, you can find all that stuff there. And, uh, the book, uh, business networking and scientific method is on Amazon. Uh, it goes through the brain science of how we connect, gives you the process to be successful at business networking events and provide you all the structure uh including the uh contact frequency for the different folks and so it's all complete right there excellent
1: well thank you for your time thank you for sharing your invaluable insights. thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you like this episode then please rate review and share it with your friends and colleagues As a coaching practice, I coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions, and I'll help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.